0: Nothing good in life is easy. And tonight, the Phoenix Suns, after coming back in the fourth quarter and defeating the San Antonio Spurs, now for the sixth consecutive time, once again proved that nothing good in life is easy. But on the other side of good is great. And it will be great to see Monty Williams and the Phoenix Suns coaching staff in Cleveland coaching the Western Conference All-Stars, Matthew, and that's what was earned tonight as the Phoenix Suns defeated those pesky San Antonio Spurs. Man, what a game!
1: Yeah, yeah. Nothing in life is easy
0: unless you're living with your mama. Then it's a little bit easier, is it though? I mean, sometimes your mom can be like, "Hey, listen, I'm not doing your laundry anymore. You got to fold it yourself." And you're like, "Mom, <laughs> I yeah, want unless, you do my laundry." If you want the back and forth, you want
1: the fighting, like it's a relationship, then it might be fun for you. Who knows? <laughs> oh man,
0: well. Phoenix Suns, win. <laughs> sometimes you just catch me off guard. I know I catch you off guard sometimes. Sometimes you get me. Oh, I'm like, you always catch me off guard. <laughs> well, you got me this time. I'm like, yeah, uh, there's right. relationships with your moms. You know, you got to be careful out there because uh, sometimes they don't want to fold your chonies for you. But anyways, Phoenix Suns win 10 in a row for the Phoenix Suns. Their second 10 plus game winning streak of the season. They are now 40 and nine. They've hit 40 wins before they've hit 10 losses. And again, as I mentioned, clinching this victory puts the coaching staff in Cleveland. Uh, Just fantastic, man.
1: Yeah, it feels good. Um, I was thinking, how the hell are they going to win this game? And they I was actually thinking that this game. How are they going to win this? And I didn't want to do a pod after a loss. And it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, man. It doesn't win every game.
0: Again, it was just... Going into the fourth quarter, I think they were down 11 entering the fourth, if I'm not mistaken. And it was just Mm -hmm. kind of I was in the same vein as you. I was like, man, it's going to kind of suck to after watching a lot of football today, which we'll talk about at the back end of the podcast, I'm sure. But, you know, watching a lot of football today and then being like, man, the sun just it just felt like one of those nights. And I know there's been blips on the radar throughout this 10 game win streak where it feels like it's one of those nights. And then the sun's come out in the fourth quarter and do what they do. Uh, and I wouldn't say in any way, shape or form that I was, you know, fearful. I know we've asked that question of each other in the past. Are you afraid <laughs> they're going to lose? It's like I, I wasn't afraid. <laughs> yeah. but I was just like, I was, you know, yeah. I, I was starting to think, you know, I, I was looking at NBA scores and I saw that the, uh, the Milwaukee bucks got trounced by the Denver nuggets, one thirty six to 100. And it reminds you that winning in the NBA is just hard. You, you know, the bucks are a good team. You know, Denver's kind of an undermanned team. And sometimes, you know, it's just not your night. And, f- some way, somehow, the Phoenix Suns continue to have it be their night. Even when they're hobbled, even when they have uh, players like Landry Shammit going out with, you know, twisting his ankle, it appeared uh, already so many guys on the injured list. Some way, somehow, they continue to pull it out. And what we're witnessing is not normal. It's not normal for a team that's as hampered as they are, man
1: yeah well we have the mvp and chris paul on our team that's why we win these games usually you know going into a game against the Spurs, especially championship sunday when mikhail bridges should be watching his la rams win um you might take the night off right watch it on your phone on the sideline have a little bit of fun it's just a regular season game not to these guys these guys want to win every game and get that coaching staff into the all-star game which is going to be really cool to watch
0: i almost feel like McHale found out that the Rams won and that's mm-hmm. when he turned on another level, you yeah. know? I mean, cause yeah. y- you look at how he played kind of through the first three quarters and he was definitely a solid contributor. He went eight for 11 from the field, but then he helped. He was a part of that integral run in the fourth quarter that closed out the Spurs. And it's like, it's almost like somebody told him when he went to the huddles, like, listen, dude, so they they won okay matthew stafford pulled it out this team's going to the super bowl and he's like oh hell yeah i'm going to i'm going to perform in this, <laughs> yeah. in this last what a feeling you know, that must minutes. be i
1: don't know <sighs> what that feels like Well, good for the Suns going to the finals, of
0: course. Yes, exactly. But from a football standpoint, Mm -hmm. no, we don't. Uh, But welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Whether you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform or you're watching along live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, we truly appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day and spending it with a couple of jackasses who want to just talk about Phoenix Suns basketball. (laughs) Uh, That those jackasses being John and Matthew, Jam, the Suns Jam session podcast. Uh, make sure you follow, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're consuming this content. Uh, help us out. We appreciate it. it. helps with algorithms. Lets other fans know where they can find the best post-game pod on Planet Orange. You can follow the show on Twitter at Suns Jam. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Uh, Matthew, let's see. Popping open a
1: celebratory V8, Matthew, following this win for the you Feet Suns. <laughs> I'm Actually, my fridge is empty tonight, so I only got water. I hope you have something. You've been drinking all day?
0: No, I haven't been drinking at all. I'm drinking oh. water. So, oh, this is awkward. Welcome <laughs> to the lame podcast where we're not popping brews afterwards. I think after I was a little lit on the last podcast, I'm like, I need to just take some time and some self reflection. Because mm-hmm. that's what happens when you drink in your 30s. <laughs> yeah, you do. When, if, when you're yeah. in your 30s, like you don't go, when you're in your 20s, you go and you drink, and the next day you don't give a shit. You're, man, I made some bad decisions last night. I was probably an asshole to somebody, but you know, who cares? When you're in your 30s, it takes three days after you're done drinking to go, you know what? I need to apologize to all the people out there. I probably said some things I shouldn't have. I I had fun. I probably shouldn't have either. So uh, for that reason. We've all said some things. I'll drink some water. (laughs) Amen. So uh, Jamsters, we're relying on you. Pop them if you got them. Yeah. Three, two, one. (laughs) Let's talk about this Suns win over the San Antonio Spurs. Another win for the Phoenix Suns. Now 40-19, and 19, as I mentioned, following this victory over the San Antonio Spurs. Which brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. You know, as you looked at the starting lineup today, knowing that JaVale McGee was available for the Phoenix Suns, were you surprised that Monty Williams chose to start Bismack Biombo over McGee? Um no, I'm not. I
1: think Bismack's kind of earned it right now. I know he had kind of an off game uh, a few a few games ago, but the thing is like you kind of got to ride the hot hand and I think I talked about it before with the energy that Biombo is bringing to this team where you know, we got the Bismack drop now. Um uh, mm-hmm. McGee of course has his own drop. So once you get your own drop, right, you're on fire. You you're having yourself a season right now. Biombo's having himself a season. I think the the thing is, McGee, I don't think really cares either, too. If we're going to get feelings involved in this, I don't think it really matters, obviously. Right. They're just filling the shoes for DeAndre until he comes back. I think McGee, of course, is just the guy you want coming off the bench. And, you know, when B.A. comes back, Biombo probably won't get a lot of minutes. So keep McGee fresh coming off the bench, playing his role, and then just have Biombo in the starting lineup.
0: No, I, I completely agree. And it's interesting because I wrote a piece for bright side of the sun last week about how I thought that, uh, biz MacBiomba should get the starts over JaVale McGee. I mean, we, we were talking about it on the pod one time and I even said on the podcast, like, Ooh, there's an idea for an article. And I wrote this whole piece about, you know, the reasons why, why I think Bismack Biombo should start over Javel McGee. And there was two primary reasons. One, the way that Bismack plays with CP3 is something that uh, definitely benefits him. You know, if he's playing with Campaign, who he hasn't played many minutes with, or Alfred Payton, he just doesn't have the same effectiveness. But if you look... When he's on the court with uh, CP3, the majority of his baskets come off assists from CP3 and they're effective. So pretty much like once every three times you throw Bismack the ball and it's coming from Chris Paul to Biombo, it's going to result in two points. You know, and that's just on touches alone. And the second reason was JaVale McGee has been our backup center. Uh, That's where he's more comfortable. And we saw it, you know, kind of in those games in which JaVale was starting, Bismack was backing him up. JaVale getting into into foul trouble, right? I mean, you saw plenty of JaVale just being a little too aggressive uh, against the first team, and and the first team's taking advantage of him, if you will. They know that he's a step slower on defense, so they're going to attack him. He has to make it up uh, with his physicality, and unfortunately he would get called for fouls, and that's why we got to see so many Bismack minutes at the five with CP3 because – you had JaVale McGee in foul trouble. So seeing that both were now available to play, knowing that Monty Williams is making the decision, you know what, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to, I wouldn't necessarily say reward Bismack, but know that Bismack just is going to have a better flow offensively and defensively with our first team unit. I think it was a, a very astute decision for him, you know, but as you mentioned, it wasn't the best game for him. It wasn't necessarily the best game for JaVale McGee. They combined for a total of five for 10 from the field, uh 5 15 points between the both of them. Biombo had 11 rebounds. I think the thing that was really kind of shocking was how you know as I mentioned the, the Suns were down 11 going into that fourth quarter. And what Monty Williams decided to do was play small ball lineup and put Ish Wainwright at the five for the entire fourth quarter. I think yeah. it's time I think <laughs> it's time we have a ish wainwright conversation you know i mean you look at how he's played well i'll ask you this i'll 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 go to his stats and everything but tell me how your thought what what your thoughts were with monty williams choosing to go with ish for the majority i believe all of the fourth quarter uh it
1: was amazing i think just like Bianco when he's when he's a guy he's a hot hand you keep him in there um, the way McGee, though, has been playing, it's kind of just a little bit slow, right? Like you mentioned. And the way he's fouling, it's kind of just like he seems like he's getting tired a little bit quicker in these games. Uh, Wayne Wright playing at the five and Wainwright just being right now the guy that might end up the second half of the season, he might be the guy that's the uh, like fan favorite. Like, honestly, of course, of course, uh, season high in points with 10 points tonight or career high, I'm career sorry. Career high, yeah, yeah. Career high with 10 points tonight. And it's not one of those things where you know, he scores the 10 points and we're gonna talk about oh, like let's get this guy some more minutes, you know what I mean? But the thing is, like he is the hustle guy, he's a guy doing the dirty stuff. Um, he's the guy that like, he can now hit threes, right? Whenever, you know, book he had that foul at the end of the fourth quarter, uh not a foul, but he fell on the floor and they called a timeout, but then Ish was there. Like he yeah, can he set hit that himself three. <laughs> yeah, he could set himself in good position to get the three. Uh, to go down. And um he it's a lot of options out there. And of course, when he first started playing for the Suns, it was a thing where like, what is this guy? What's he doing? Doesn't do anything. And the more minutes he gets, surprise, surprise, he kind of blends himself into the offense where he's not sticking out like the sticks used to do. Uh even like I mean, if you want to go way back like DeAndre Ayton like the last year, the more time these guys have in the offense, it just starts to work out for them. I mean, as long as they're hustling, as long as they know how the ball comes out the rim, which ish Seems like he knows beyond, of course, six offensive rebounds tonight, that really helped his case, even though he only scored a minimal points tonight. Because I think that's one thing that you love him like like to see him to do is like to see him do in the paint is to have the putbacks because he doesn't really have a, a crisp game down there. So him hustling Tipping the ball is something that you love to see Biombo do. And I think ish can do the same thing. And ish was available down below. And I think Cameron Johnson had that one sweet pass to him. And Cameron Johnson always has like those passes and guys in the paint that just barely get by the defender, but he had that, like he makes himself ready and available. I think he just, he's getting used to just playing with these guys. And that's why you're seeing the better results from
0: him. So it's interesting. Cause typically in a typical year, ish Wainwright has all the makings of a fan favorite. Right. Like he's the guy who is the underdog and is coming in off the bench and you don't expect much productivity from him. But he has the hustle factor. So therefore, Phoenix Suns fans fall in love with those guys. I mean, you go up and down the history of the team. That's who, you know, we, we have an affinity for. Right. Torrey Craig, you know, kind of an underdog kind of in that story, a little bit more productive, obviously. Lou Amundsen being another one of those guys, uh, Rashawn Holmes, another one of those guys who just have they are kind of high motor kind of guys. But, you know, I think the thing that has deterred us from really falling in love with Ish Wainwright, especially when you compare him to a lot of those other guys, is his productivity, right? I mean, entering tonight's game on the season, he's averaging 1.9 points. You know, I mean, in in his total number of games played, which is uh, twenty two games, one point, yeah, one point nine points, you know, one point five rebounds, thirty six percent from the field, twenty six point nine percent from three, uh, and that's the majority of his shots are three pointers. You know, not a lot of rebounds. You know, one point five rebounds. Uh, you know, so again, like he really hasn't had, he hasn't had much of an impact. Now, now that being said. Over the past 13 games for the Suns, we've seen Ish Wainwright play in 11 of those games, and that's because you're starting to see a lot of these injuries. But again, 2.6 points, his three-point shooting has gone up to 38.5 percent, and that's where you know that's where that's what we need from Ish, right? That's what he was doing tonight. He was he was stroking the three-ball. He was playing defense. He was getting us those hustle, those hustle minutes, if you will. You know, two for three from three, four for eight overall from the field. As you mentioned, he had ten points, he had two blocks, two rebounds, and an assist. Here's what I'll say to Suns fans, because I was seeing this all over Twitter. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, he's currently on a two way contract, and we need this guy for the playoffs. We you know, and if you are a two way player, you are not part of a playoff roster. You have to be signed to a full time spot, which the Suns could do. But I'll say the same thing, and may, you know, maybe this is pessimistic, John. Same thing as like Landry Sham at last game. I'm like, show me over a specified period of time. He had a great game tonight. The Phoenix Suns won tonight because Monty Williams chose to utilize Ish Wainwright. For that entire fourth quarter because he saw something that said hey we can out hustle this team and it's going to open up our offense a little bit more and with his the way that he's playing defense tonight with his teal shoes he's playing effective enough to where this is going to allow us to win but it's one game if we need ish Wainwright to be successful in the playoffs I feel like we have a lot other problems that are probably going on with the team. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not rushing to say, hey, get this guy on a, a, you know, a full-time contract. He did what we needed him to do. It helped us win a game tonight. But at the same time, like, I don't know if he's necessarily an answer in any way, shape, or form. But I'll ask you, you know, why do you think he's not necessarily considered a fan favorite?
1: Oh, well, I do consider him to be an option maybe later down the road in the season um, just because of injuries, all right? so This is the start of it, right? This is the start of it um, because he is a hustle guy. I mean, tonight someone just said in the chat, like, where's Sticks? So Sticks didn't play tonight. We didn't notice, right? Again, here we go. Like, you didn't notice he didn't play because we win. We put Wayne right in there towards the end of the game. He basically helped us. He was really close to a jam start tonight before Booker knocked down those threes. I, I think that... um what you have to look at is the way the Suns are playing and they can plug and play anybody in that's in the system. It -hmm. comes out to a win. So we look too far down the road with these guys and we kind of think playoffs already where they're going to be at, if we're going to rely on them. But also with the COVID stuff, with the injuries that have been happening to the Suns, I just feel like you're going to see a lot more of him towards the end of the year because of that. And if he is signed for the playoffs, that's fine. But then who's he going to replace? I'm not, wishing anything into existence with injuries of course but things can happen to where he's going to continue to get minutes but it's not going to matter if he's still not on the team if he's not on the team later on because he's a two-way guy because we have other guys to step up and the whole sticks thing i think that's going to be settled at the trade deadline right Mm -hmm. i think something's probably going to happen with him uh wainwright if he's still there he can contribute and i think he knows like how how he can handle himself offensively and of course defensively of just using those big shoulders to get where he wants. And the Suns don't have to really worry about it too much right now, I think, right? Because I think going into the All-Star break, you're going to have him play a lot more minutes. DeAndre might take a few more games off to kind of rest. They asked James Jones, too, on the broadcast, like, is it yeah. nice to have you know these guys that help win these games with Chris Paul and Devin Booker at the helm and give them extra time off, like Jay Crowder and, and DeAndre Ayton? And he's like, yeah, of course. So you're going to see a lot more of this guy. And then you probably won't see them, and they just won't care anymore because we're still going to be winning with whoever
0: the hell we have on the court. So I don't know, man. I think he can be a fan favorite, though, for sure. Well, and games like tonight are the basis of that fandom, right? Because, again, you're seeing it all over Twitter right now. You go on Twitter right now, and everybody is just jerking off to what to Ish Wainwright and, <laughs> and how he played tonight. Yeah. They are. It's a, it's a Ish know. Wainwright love fest right now, as well it should be. I completely agree. He is the reason that we won because of the lineup that Monty put out there. You know, so I, I'm okay with that. I'm just saying, like, we need to we need to pump the brakes, and we need to see this over a prolonged period of time. Because, again, you know, coming into this game, we have a sample size from him thus far this season, and the sample size, for the most part, hasn't necessarily been good. And, and if you say, well, you know, if he gets more minutes, yada, yada, yada. I mean, he played 10 minutes in the last game, 11 before that, 10 before that you know, 15, mm-hmm. a couple games before that. So, I mean, so he's getting the opportunity. We just haven't seen him with consistency perform like he did tonight. Again, on the season, 29.6% from three. On the season, 1.9 points Uh in, in all, you know, his yeah. 20, you know. So, I mean, and he doesn't get a ton of minutes. I get it. And he's a fail safe and I get it. But I'm just saying, like, you know, he, he was great for what he was tonight, just like I've been saying about Shamit. Show me it over a five-game span, and then I'm going to start to get behind the hype. I mean, I'm pleased with what he's providing. I'm not going to sit there, though, and, and start saying, hey, this is the next Lou Amundsen. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, Matthew. Yeah, they're,
1: they're J minutes, too,
0: the minutes he's playing. Those are basically yes, Jay Crowder minutes. Exactly. So. You know, and, and that's what we need to also look at. And, and so you, you talked about sticks and I see a lot of people talking about it in the chat. You know, he's as good as traded. Uh, they're going to trade him. You know, it, it's, uh, I don't know why he didn't play tonight. I honestly thought that, especially with Jakob Purtle out and the need for kind of an athletic big, like I when, when I heard Bismack was going to start, I was like, okay, my guess is you're going to see both Jalen Smith and JaVale McGee, because JaVale's been out a couple games. I thought maybe Monty would take an opportunity to kind of be like, listen, I'm gonna put you in for a few minutes and I'm gonna let Jalen see how he plays because this is a team that he should and and has dominated in the past. Yeah. So uh I was kind of shocked that we didn't see him. But again, you know, that's kind of that's that's why we're uh That's that's why we're podcasters and not head coaches. Uh, Kota kid says in the chat sticks getting traded for holiday. Uh, that'd be nice. But I saw today that Justin holiday is a very, he's an anti-vaxxer. So I don't know if the Suns are going to want to get themselves in that mess. So who knows there? Oh, darn.
1: Oh no. An anti-vaxxer. We better kill him on Twitter about it. Um, (laughs) Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, so the sticks thing—it's basically like you know your your wife or your husband's not coming home late. I mean, they're coming home late. Like, they're it's not coming always home right after relationships. Work. Well, it is. It's <laughs> like why, why aren't you coming home anymore? Well, I'm kind of trading myself to somebody else. So that's yeah. basically the same thing. With sticks
0: is right staying now. out at the bar just a little too long, and we don't know if he's ever coming home. <laughs> uh, you know, but it was interesting because in this game, you know, it was just it was another one of those weird feeling games, right? The Phoenix Suns start. With low energy, playing uninspired basketball, a lot of missed shots and turnovers in that first quarter. Uh, Ultimately, they're outscored in the first quarter by a score of 31 to 23. Uh, They shot 30% from the field, 30% from deep while you had the Spurs come out and play the aggressor 54.2% from the field. And you were just kind of like, "Ah, man, it's gonna be one of these games where we have to play from behind Devin Booker three for 10 in that first quarter. Uh, it just, and it felt like that pretty much the entire game until the fourth quarter, like there was a lid on top of the basket, man.
1: Yeah. And the only guys that were really scoring in the third was Chris Paul and uh, Devin Booker. I think actually in the third, was it the third or second? I think they hit nine out of the 14 shots or 13 shots from the Suns. Um Oh no, that was second quarter. My bad. But they did end the they had, did end the quarters pretty bad. So in the second quarter, they ended just atrociously. Um, but, the way that Booker ended with the steal and then the Spurs took it, like we were talking last podcast, how I feel like they were ending quarters a little bit better, you know, just handling their business. But then the Spurs kind of took that away from them tonight and just taking those extra points that got them closer to a victory tonight, which of course didn't matter in the end because basically Chris Paul just took it away from them. Um, But when they're, when they're heading into the, the end of the quarters, especially tonight, it seemed like something where, you know the suns could have got a little bit closer in the lead but it seemed like the defense and the offense of the suns not that they gave up but it just seemed like they were just kind of frustrated like every time they would kind of get a little run like the spurs would hit a couple threes it seemed like that yes, tonight and that's why it, it was and that's why it's it's so awesome to have these kind of wins cuz they they vary so much this year to where you know this team the spurs you know they have a chance to really take the suns down and they're knocking down almost every three, and then the Suns still come through with the win. It's just, that's why I was kind of feeling like this might be a loss for the Suns, because they are hitting McDermott, of course, goes off again against the Suns. I'm sure yep. he wants to play for the Suns, be traded to the Suns. Yeah. And he he just, he couldn't miss. And that was the same thing last time. But this time, I felt like everyone else around him was making threes too. So for the Suns to overcome that, and overcome the bad endings to the second and third quarter, was huge. Because going into fourth, it just seemed like the Suns were gonna lose this game. And Chris Paul had to do CP3 MVP time or whatever yes. starting the fourth quarter. He didn't have to, he couldn't wait till seven minutes, five minutes, or two minutes at the start in the fourth quarter. And that's what really got them to win this night.
0: Yeah, the end of every quarter was like, you know, your significant other comes home and they bring you groceries and then they take them back and you can't eat any of the food. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Like <Stuck> a fish. <laughs> no, but uh you're, you're definitely right. It was one of those nights where I just feel like overall it it was a layup line a lot of time for the Spurs. You know, there was mm-hmm. a, the interior defense wasn't that great. And then, you know, if they were being cut off on the interior, they kick it to the exterior and the, the Spurs would knock down the shots. And you're right. Like we put a little run on them and then boom, they'd hit a three. Put another little run on. We get down to two another three it's like I felt like the entire game we were down five points and you look up and you know we're down 11 going into that fourth quarter because the Suns gave up 36 points in the third I mean they came out at halftime gave up 36 points in the third and as you mentioned like Chris Paul had to go into MVP mode early and thank thankfully for the Phoenix Suns he was in that mode I mean ended with a total of 20 points had 19 assists and eight (laughs) rebounds and you know, I posted something on Twitter the other day. There was uh, uh, ESPN was you know showing the lead at the bottom of the the screen, and it said like poor Z- or who who did it, it was like Sabonis, yeah, yeah. so and so and so and so have triple doubles, you know, in wins. It's like oh yeah, but Chris Paul did too, but no, you know nobody talks. <laughs> yeah. to- why does nobody ever talk about Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns, man? I know that it's an old topic, it's a tired mm-hmm. topic, you know, but like nights like tonight are reasons why he's. Definitely should be included in the MVP conversation. Devin Booker, as much as we love him, 12 for 24, 50%, which isn't bad, had 28 points, uh, had four rebounds and an assist. You know, he he, he was having a hard time getting the, the, the shots to fall tonight. But Chris Paul was just in point God mode, you know, 9 of 16. 20 points, 19 assists, man. It's insane. It'll be overshadowed again because this is a
1: championship Sunday. So no one will ever notice that it happened. And only Chris Paul, I feel like, would get up for a championship Sunday and not worry about football, focus on his team and really get them all involved. But he actually, like, he started the game, you know, getting his team involved. And then the third quarter, he started getting a team involved. But, like, second quarter, him and Book, like I said before, I think it was 9-13, where they had to shoot, and they had to they had to shoot every time down the floor, basically, because the other Suns players they had no offense in them. They had nothing to give. Yeah. So Booker and Chris Paul had to like basically hit their mid ranges, which is just just enough to keep them a little bit close. And then Chris Paul started finding everybody like it was super easy. And I don't know. I think because Chris Paul has been around for a long time, Um, people probably are just sick of talking about Chris Paul. Maybe I mean. It gets tiring for fans outside of Phoenix, I think, when you hear about him so long for 20 years almost, right? And he's just still doing the same stuff. So, how, I think long they, get...
0: how long have they been talking about Steph Curry? You know, I mean, they've been talking about him for a decade now and how great he is. And, you know, even though he's missed the majority of his three point shots yeah. over the past, you know, it's because he's one, he's a champion, weeks. I think. I guess he's so. him and
1: Clay are champions, him and Draymond. They'll always get the exposure because of that because they've done it. So. Maybe yeah, I, I just I don't understand
0: know. in the, you know, cause again, when it comes to the MVP conversation, you know, Chris Paul over his last 10 games during the win streak, he's averaging 17.9 points per game, 11.7 rebounds, or I'm sorry, assists per game, 5.2 rebounds per game and 2.4 uh, uh, turnovers per game, you know, two steals a game, you know, 55, 41, 81 shooting splits. And, you know, while his team continues to progress and flourish and, in the clutch time, is just unbelievably dominant. I think this is now they're what nineteen and three in, in clutch, you know, clutch time moments. Yet, because he doesn't make any sexy, you know, kind of uh, uh, plays, he's not necessarily getting all of the the recognition. And I, it was interesting, you know, you mentioned James Jones was on the broadcast, and one thing that he said is Chris does everything. He just doesn't try to do everything all of the time. And I thought that was a very poignant quote that he said, because essentially it says like he does do everything, but because he doesn't do it all the time or in a sexy manner, that's why he doesn't get the national pub that that you expect. I mean, seeing a guy dribble between his legs and, and take a 19-footer over a big guy, it's it's like you said, we've been seeing it over and over and over again for years that it's just not not anything special that's going to grab the attention of the media Ah, uh, you'd think that the basketball savants though would be more cued into that, but I think they're too busy, you know, listening to or, or debating all the reasons that the Lakers continue to blow ten point leads. I guess.
1: Yeah, it's always about the Lakers, and whatever the Suns do will always be second to Lakers or third or fourth or fifth.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know what? It's not unfortunate to feel the way that we're feeling after another victory <laughs> over over the Spurs. So they, we're I guess they can good. they can keep all of that stuff. Ah, uh, James Jones. Another couple things that he said in that interview. And I love it when James Jones comes on the broadcast. Don't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I you know? absolutely love it. I mean,
1: I always feel like he's such a busy guy. Right. And he spent like, I think the last half of the second quarter. So talking and just, you love it. Cause he's so honest, right? Mm-hmm. He's just so calm and cool and
0: just honest about everything that's going on in the organization. That's why he's champ, man. That's why he's champ. Uh, but he was talking about how he's going to lean on continuity going into mm-hmm. the trade deadline. And you know, it's something that we've talked about. Definitely. Definitely on this pod when you start to come up with some of these trades the one thing that we always kind of fall back on is the the two words that's organic chemistry and that's something that this team definitely has is they know who they are in every situation because they're battle tested they've been together long enough and why would you necessarily disrupt this r- disrupt this right that's why when and whenever anybody says the words dennis schroeder to me relative to phoenix suns trades i'm like get out of here Dennis Schroeder is a guy who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. He's going to be point hunting and trying to pad his stats as much as he can to make himself the money that he feels that he lost out on this past year. He's not a guy you insert and chemistry continues. You need to find those fringe players. uh, And I, and that's why it's like based on hearing him say that he's going to lean on continuity. Do you think that actually any trade will occur for the Phoenix Suns?
1: I, I kind of, yeah, I do. If sticks, wasn't sitting out these games where he could get minutes and play over a Wainwright. Because he's proved so much of like he's proved so much over the past month of his confidence, what he can contribute, especially playing the Spurs. Yeah. Where he just dominated last time, like he said, playing the same team. And just those little signs are just basically saying, like, we're gonna trade him for something. So if that wasn't happening, I'd be like, Yeah, we're we're good. We're this team is gonna we're gonna ride this team again into the playoffs. We're not gonna trade for anybody. We trust them. There's no one else we need. There's not one more guy that I think that the Suns need, like a superstar, even like a backup three point shooter coming off the bench, just something to help this team because they're confident who they have. But that's not the case. I just think that that's someone that's coming, and I think Flex is right, dude. Whatever the hell his name is from the Spurs, Thaddeus Young, yeah. isn't it come probably to the Suns? I just I, I believe that to happen.
0: And see, this is where I kind of z- I zag the other way, if you will. I don't think anything's really going to happen, and here's why. Uh, remember who we traded for at the trade deadline last year? No, it's because it was it was nobody. We mm-hmm. did make a trade about three weeks before. Do you remember who that was? No, who was it? The juice, Tory Craig, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I almost feel like the Bismack Biyombo signing acts as a Tory Craig mm-hmm. type of transaction. As James Jones mentioned, you know, he said that uh, Bismack was a great signing, and you know, I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, you know, James isn't. And hasn't shown to be somebody who is extremely active at the trade deadline or even in the buyout market. He's somebody who likes to make a transaction probably about three weeks before. He's done it a couple times now. And that's somebody who, con- who has the ability to contribute to the team effectively for the stretch run of the season. And Bismack's already paying off for him. So yeah. as much as we like to speculate, because it's fun. It's fun to speculate. And we know that we'll be sitting on, what is it? February 10th is the trade deadline, if I remember correctly. We'll be sitting on February 10th with our notifications to Shams and Woj on, patiently awaiting to hear about any transactions uh, concerning the Phoenix Suns. And something, nothing will go by. Then you and I will have a jam session short. Yep. And we'll spend yeah, 10 we minutes talking <laughs> real quick about yeah. why didn't the Suns make any trades and things of that nature. And again, mm. I don't know if necessarily we need to because you have to... You have to play this this delicate balance between winning now at the same time not giving away the farm for the future in an effort to to create sustained success. That's why Eric Gordon, in my opinion, doesn't make sense, right? He just costs too Mm -hmm. much over too long. You'd have to give up something of value. You don't just get Eric Gordon because you have Jalen Smith, right? And everyone who thinks that Jalen Smith is going to be traded you know, Again, I ask you, what's the value for a team obtaining Jalen Smith? What do they get? They get a guy who at the end of the season, because you traded for him, you can only offer him a specified amount of money versus him going out and making double that money or even seven $7 million more, $3 million more anywhere else. It doesn't benefit any team because the Suns did not sign that rookie extension. It does not benefit any team to trade for Jalen Smith unless it's part of a bigger package that has something they, they truly want. So who wants Jalen Smith? Who wants a broken Dario? Who wants Landry Shamit? You know, I'm, I'll, I'll finish my piece about Josh Hart. I definitely want Josh Hart because his money falls off essentially next year. It goes into the option world. But New Orleans doesn't necessarily want him, do, do they? Do you think so?
1: No. So I don't know. If it's a team that wants to do the Suns a favor, maybe. I don't know what else they would get out of it because you're right. Yeah, he's not signed. Um, so, I mean, the only thing you can think about is going into the future when the Suns make the finals. And if they were to lose or whatever, who's what's the one guy East. that would like last year, you know, it was McGee, right? Mm-hmm. McGee did say we would win if we had him. We wanted him for some reason. I mean, we just couldn't get him at that time. Now we have him, but now there's gonna be another piece, right? In the in the finals. I'm not even gonna talk about it. We're we're all healthy, no injuries, whatever. We're all healthy. We're gonna go against the uh we'll go against the Bucks again. Let's just say that because that's the way okay. it's kind of looking right now, right? Like a rematch then I just I can't think of one piece that they would need because there's so many guys that step up for this team right now in crucial situations to win these games. The only thing you have to really focus on is, can Chris Paul and Booker stay healthy to guide this team? And DeAndre, Ayton. if they had those three with these guys around them, they're going to be fine, I think. I think they have a real chance of winning it this year. Mm-hmm. They know what it takes to get there. They probably know what it takes now to win it all. And they just have to stay focused on that. They can stay healthy. I don't think there's really another piece because it's just like, okay, so you're going to get a shooter. Maybe you're going to get uh, Thaddeus Young, a rebounder, whatever. Like we have that already. We, we're never crying about rebounds, right? We're never crying about anything really that we're missing except for Shaman. Shaman's like the only negative thing on this podcast. Even Wainwright, who was like not doing anything, has a great game tonight. Now he's going to be a fan favorite. So everything's just really going the Sun's way positively, positively. And honestly, the injury thing, it's kind of scary a little bit. But these guys are seriously just resting, I think, right now. They could come back. If this was like the finals, the playoffs, they would be back right now playing. But they don't need to because the exactly. team can win. There's, not, there's no negatives with this team right now. And I hate speaking this into – I don't want to it's say It's not anything. wrong,
0: though, man. It's not wrong. I know you're not jinxing the team. There's not wrong. I don't, the yeah, te- the I don't team is jinxed right now, man. We have so many injuries and so much little nicks on the team right now. But we're still winning because of the depth of this team. Uh, You know, and Coach Fallen Founder says it in the chat, and I think it's right. You know, buyout market market will be our best friend, likely not a trade. Because then you're not giving up assets that you don't necessarily have. You know, it's like, okay, well, we could trade Jalen Smith and Dario Sarge and Landry Shaman and like a first-round pick to... New Orleans and we can get Josh Hart back like, yeah, that sounds great, but you just killed a couple more opportunities for depth, you know, uh, you killed a draft capital asset that's so far away because again, we can't trade our first round pick necessarily until it's a few seasons out because Oklahoma City still can- controls this upcoming off seasons pick. You know, and they could do yeah. the, the, the swap thing. They're like, nope, we don't want it this year. Uh, we'll use it next year because your record's so good. We're going to take the better of the two, whatever. So, I mean, a, a lot of things have to go right. The buyout market is what's going to be more and f- more interesting, especially considering who the Suns – because that, that that's when you're going to start to that part of the season when the Suns are going to start to laser focus. And it's like, okay, who are our competitors going to be in our march to a championship? Where are our deficiencies? And you're right. We don't have a lot of deficiencies. Do we have deficiencies? Yes, we talk about them all the time on the podcast, you know, but they're little deficiencies. There's little areas of opportunity to get better. It's not like years in the past where it's like, we need a point guard. Uh, your third stream point guard, starting <laughs> yeah. point guard. we need, need a backup point, point guard. guard. You know, yeah. w- when we had Ricky Rubio, what was our problem? We didn't have a backup point guard. We ended up getting one in campaign for the bubble. And then everything kind of took off from there. Right. You know, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I really think that, it's going to be interesting to see how the Suns do navigate the upcoming trade deadline slash buyout market, but it's not as easy as just going, you know what? Doug McDermott was great tonight. We should bring him over. Yeah, okay, Doug McDermott just signed a three-year $41 million contract. Let's bring Doug McDermott here, and guess what I can guarantee you? There's no Cam Johnson on this team after this season. It's a fact. We can't afford him. So we have to do what it not only sustain success this season, but long-term as well, because guess what? I want Cam back. Guess what? He gets a drop tonight because he was playing unfucking believable again. White's Cameron action. That dunk, dude. That dunk by Cam Johnson, where he baptized Dougie D, if you will. Uh, was part of another fantastic performance from him. Yeah. You know, he only had 11 points and he was one for five from deep, but he was doing all those things in that fourth quarter with, you know, his fellow sons that equated to overall success because as a part of that small ball lineup, he really uh, excelled. And I think that, you know, we've talked about the small ball lineup plenty. Uh, Cam Johnson had six points of his 11, by the way, three of four, uh, all of that three of four shooting in the fourth quarter. It was just another opportunity for the Phoenix Suns to try something and be like, hey, if we throw a small ball lineup there, like really small ball, can we excel? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you're playing a team that's definitely decimated. They're an 18-win team. This isn't something you're going to like roll out in the Western Conference Finals, but to know that you can do it and have Cam Johnson play as effective as he did, uh, again, it's just another strength for this team.
1: Yeah, when a lot of his game is coming together as a big strength everywhere on the floor, three-point shot. Uh, the one man fast break, the guy who just dunking on everybody. He's still on the floor. He's still grabbing those boards or trying to, trying to get the possession on the floor. He's the first guy on the floor a lot of times when he has to be. Um, the best thing though about the dunk is the flex after too, because a lot of times before when he does these dunks, he doesn't really celebrate right, and <laughs> that's the thing I love about him the most because he doesn't. He just keeps his head down. Well, he keeps it up, running back down the floor. He does, he nothing phases this guy right. So when he's when he's actually dunking on dudes like. Tonight you're just waiting for it. It Wasn't the best night, but like you said, the little things that he does helps his team in the long run, like a lot of these guys coming off the bench, even in Wainwright. So when he's doing that and he's celebrating, that's nice to see because he deserves it, dude. Because anytime you see him going to the rim, like those guys on the bench, you know, are standing up. Yeah, they're ready for it. That is gonna happen. And he he rewards those guys on the bench a lot. I mean, sitting right there, courtside it'd be a dream come true for me, you know, just to uh, get that $500,000 ticket, <laughs> sit there and just watch those dunks as he puts his schlong all over everyone's faces. Like that's stuff you want to see
0: up close. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he's such a mild mannered guy, but you're right, man. He's, he comes with bad intentions when he goes down that, that lane. And you know, he, he's, <laughs> he, he's, he's got quick twitch, man. He gets up uh, and, and he dominates and it was, You know, between him and his twin, if you will, they were definitely twinning tonight. Uh, And for those of you who don't know who his twin is, it's, uh, the heck is it? There's a drop. The warden, the warden, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I mean, he, uh, 26 points tonight, 11 for 16 from McHale, two for five from deep seven, uh, defensive rebounds, one offensive rebound for a total of eight rebounds, uh, one assist, one block as well. You know, him and Cameron Johnson, they play so well off of each other and he had some massive plays in the fourth quarter as well. He ended his fourth quarter with eight points on three of five shooting, uh, including three rebounds. Uh, and you know, the whole team just, a, a, you know, he had a plus 17, just unbelievable in that fourth quarter, man. Uh, but tell me what you saw from McHale tonight.
1: Well, I mean, the Rams weren't actually playing that well. So I think they were down 17 to seven and then McHale was still four for five in the first half. So I'm like, just don't look at the score. Everything will be all right. So I think, I don't think he was phased by that. And it's fun to see him have the fast break dunk because you don't see that too much in the NBA anymore, right? Usually those things get cut off short. So the fast break dunk was nice but he just seemed like he was the third option tonight. Eventually, like he would fill in those little spaces whenever they needed him. Booker and Chris Paul can only do so much. And then Chris Paul or Devin Booker ends the game with those two threes. But in between that, you had Mikael Bridges filling the shoes of the old Mikael Bridges where he used to be in the paint, hitting those little crazy fadeaway yes. shots. Like he just get. You know, Dirk Nowinski used to have like the weirdest fadeaway, but tonight I saw some from Mikael Bridges where he's just all gangly and crazy going up in the air, legs spread out in different directions, and he just has that little shot and it's like goes right in. So he does what he needs to do to get that angle that helps him get those balls to go in the hoop, which is very nice to see because I love Mikael getting to the paint and he even had a lay in too around the defender. And I know it seems so simple to say that it's like. Around the defender,
0: like long
1: arms, but we haven't seen that in forever, right? Well, that's the, that's the key. We haven't seen that take to the rim in a yes. long time.
0: It's been, you know, I think one of the reasons we've been, i want to say critical but just observant of his lack of offensive uh, aggression is because he's not doing those little things that you mentioned. He's been shooting a bunch of threes, which is okay. That's part of his game. but we're not we haven't seen him kind of do the whirly twirlies inside the lane and and hit the the nine footers. We haven't seen him take it to the rim and just outstretch the defense and lay it in. And that's what we, we need from Mikhail, especially on nights like tonight, especially on in games in which we are hampered with Deandre eight. Now, Jay Crowder, Cameron Payne, you know, I mean, those are, solid offensive contributors to this team, especially DeAndre Ayton and Cameron Payne. So you need to have other guys step up tonight. It happened to be them. And I don't care what anyone says, man. Well, the Spurs were hampered. Yeah, you know what? We were down 11 to them. Okay. Cause this is the NBA. Nobody rolls over. You know, I, I made a tweet before, <laughs> before the game. I'm like, Hey, you know, maybe pop will be nice tonight. And know that if he wins, if Monty Williams wins this game, he gets to coach his first all-star game. Maybe he'll just roll over and tank. Yeah, It's like, yeah, pop. Yeah. Right. By the way, Greg Popovich got a haircut. Looks great, doesn't it?
1: You know, I didn't notice. I didn't really see him. So I is it is it short? I it's just normal. It's a, just he, he, he doesn't look like
0: Nicolas Cage oh. in uh, Con Air anymore, but with no, white I hair. love
1: his long hair look. And the hardest thing too is a team like the Suns to get up for this kind of game. So to actually get up and just play the fourth quarter like they did, I think that's really difficult to win these kind of games. And Eddie Johnson, yes. he was on breadcast. Co- breadcast. What was it? The, the bread crust. The, the bread, bread crust. crust? Yes. If he was on the broadcast, he would have said the same thing. Like These games are hard to get up for, right? I yes. just think it is. The Spurs, at least it wasn't in San Antonio. At least we had our home court and stuff mm-hmm. and our good fans behind us because I can't watch another Spurs game in San Antonio. Not when I have depression issues, you know?
0: Big Dick Booker. From depression to big dick booker. That's just that's a nice mm. easy transition. That would make you happy, right? <laughs> yeah. Big dick Booker. So here's my question about <laughs> Booker. Okay. You take a look at, you know, kind of how he's played thus far uh this month, right? So note real quick the Phoenix Suns have ended the month of January 13 and one. Impressive. 13 and one. After uh we had we had no no lose November, right? Now we have 13 yeah. and 1 yeah. January. Uh and you look at how Devin Booker has performed in this month alone coming into tonight. So this doesn't include tonight, but we know that he, you know, he went for uh a total of how many points did he end with Matthew? You Tw- drop I'm going to guess line? 26. 26. He got was- 28. Sorry. 28. Okay, so so 28. So entering this game, he was averaging 28.2 points per game in the month of October, uh 6.3 rebounds, 4.2 assists, shooting Only 30% from deep. Huh, he's falling off there. Uh, 42% overall from the field. And again, has led his team to a 13-1 and overall record. Do you think Devin Booker gets January Player of the Month?
1: Oh, yeah. Did you read the October stats, though? Was that 30% from three October? Because I think you said October. No, 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 no. no,
0: no. Everything I just read is January. Oh, really? See, I would never know that, maybe because of all the shot attempts. Um, Yeah, yeah, well, he's definitely... You know, I mean, the last game, 10, 13 to two games before that. Thir- he He's chucked up in the month of January, 13 threes, uh, a total of three times, which is just not Devin Booker. You know, that's not normally what he does. Four for nine from deep mm-hmm. tonight, though, including those two huge threes that essentially clenched the game. But again, do you think that he gets Western Conference Player of the Month?
1: I think he has a 99.9% chance to win it because, I mean, the Suns are winning, right? I mean, it's a team game, and you would think a guy like him leading his team – in shot attempts where he is playing like kobe games, it's fine. It should be noticed as, hey, we have injuries like everybody else, but we don't have a whole lot of offense if he's not scoring, so we need him to jack those shots up. And maybe that's why, of course, the percentage is down a little bit. I think he definitely deserves it. Um, I don't know if he'll win it, but the thing is, like, he has to, of course, this whole team, they're all going to just focus on what's really important in front of them. And not winning it would suck again because it's always just a shot at him. But he's been recognized, I feel like a lot this month, this past month. Like mm-hmm. I feel like his name has been out there a lot more, even after the Raptor thing. His stats just skyrocketed. His his uh I feel like his ball dominance went up ever since then. So maybe that helped him too. So I hope he does win it, dude. Don't you think he'll win it? I think he what, will. There's another guy. Well, another but the, guy, maybe.
0: so the guy I'm looking up the stats for right now is John ja Morant. Because I feel like again, the you know the the media loves John Morant. Uh, His he so he's averaged twenty eight point six points in his uh, January. Seven point two assists, six point five rebounds, thirty percent from three as well, forty nine almost fifty percent. So it'll be between John Morant, I feel, and Mm -hmm. Devin Booker. Uh, John Morant, his team has lost twice in the month of January. So or not three times. So we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Come on. Fucking get out of here. <laughs> you know, so um yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that it's gonna be it's gonna come down obviously to one of those two. So uh yeah. shout out to Coda Kid in the super chat. He says Devin needs to be on the all-defensive team this year. I don't know if he'll get the nod, but he definitely has excelled in that area of his game and he has a complete game now. And that's something that I don't know if you can necessarily necessarily say about John Morant, is his defensive prowess. Devin Booker's definitely spent a lot more time, uh, wreck, you know, th- that, that's what he does now. He, he really, yeah. he really does. And thank you to Sony for dropping $5 of super chat as well. Hey, yeah, we appreciate it. We're going to get yeah. Matthew to those courtside seats. Uh, one of these days, one of these days. All right. Anything else I wanted to talk about anything you want to talk about before we hand um, out the jam star? You know what? Let me take a look through my notes. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So it's something very funny. Um, Okay so i was
1: watching the game uh delayed on my computer uh streaming it because i had the championship game on behind me yes or in front of me behind me behind you behind behind this screen and uh 108 108 106 and i looked at my phone because i'm like oh the game might be over because i'm delayed i looked and i was like 112 to 108 i'm like what the fuck happened booker (laughs)
0: happened the two yes (laughs) happened so that'll
1: probably go into this next segment right uh, yes, but
0: I saw something to talk about before we get to Oh, I'm same. sorry. Go so, ahead, John. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. But I, just, I want to see what was in your, in your notes. <laughs> uh, Landry Schammett. So Landry Schammett goes down. Unfortunately, looks like he sprained his right ankle, I believe. Uh, limped off the court, so we'll see what happens mm-hmm. to him. Um, but just a reminder, Schammett today, 17 minutes, one for six from the field, three total points as he went one for four from deep. So everything. everyone who told me I need to eat my words after Schammett had a great game last game, I told you. Give me five games of it, and I will be more than happy to do so. Uh, but, you know, again, now, if Shamit's down, though, man, our guard depth is really stretched in because you have Alfred Payton and then who?
1: I don't know. Ish Wayne, right? Crowder.
0: Jay Crowder's got to come back, right? Yeah, and play, play two-guard. two-guard? <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. So that's something definitely. Just pick definitely, anybody up. They'll fit right in, right? De- de- yeah, well, we'll see. But definitely something to monitor. Jam, star of the game. All right, Jamsters. It's that time of the podcast where you tell us who your jam, star of the game is. Mm. Uh, then we tell you you're wrong. We say no. Yeah. It's is, it is not. be the big old middle finger. Huh? It, is, it is not Craig Popovich's haircut. Uh, no, Matthew, who are you going to give the jam, star of the game to in this one? It's Booker. It's a, the it's a two threes at the end that really sealed the deal. It was
1: going to be Wainwright because I think he was huge. Obviously, he was huge this game, but... Little things, big things, big shoulders. Um, you know, but yeah, Booker.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, you got my, uh, you got, uh, some people giving some CP3 love. That's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go with CP3. Okay. Uh, oh, wait. 19 main. assists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the 19 <laughs> assists was huge. It's, the, it's know, a tough job. Sony gives dude. it to the twins, uh, the twins the for twins. a lot of people. So big dick book. You got CP3. I mean, this is again, this was a team win. And it started yeah. with that fourth quarter where the Phoenix Suns came out and, and uh, Put a 15 to 2 run together that was exclamated by the Cam Johnson dunk. Uh, but it was CP3 just keeping this team afloat, man. I mean, he just the the, the team needed him again, and it's it's unfortunate because I mean, how many minutes did he end up playing tonight? It was over 40, oh, right? 35, right? No, it's got to be 40, 39, 39, Point 43. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's... But do
1: you notice him like? I know that's a lot of minutes, but I don't notice him a whole lot sometimes, even though he has a 19 assist. Like I don't notice him the whole 40 minutes. I just don't. Cause he's, he'll go stand in the corner. He'll do whatever he needs. Oh to yeah. Do, no, he, he
0: lets the you know, the offense cook and then he kind of mm. picks it, picks his shots and says, Hey, here's an opportunity for me to take over. But you're right. He does. It's not like 40 minutes of him sprinting up and down the court. It's him going to his own pace, letting Booker run mm-hmm. the offense. Sometimes letting Shammit run the offense, letting Elfred run the, the offense sometimes. So, Ah, uh, Blaze Megatron, one of our elite jamsters. If you want to become an elite jamster, hit the join button in the YouTube comments below. He says, is Shamit really making bad decisions or playing bad D, or is it just that he can't hit a shot right now? If he gets his shot back, I think we will shit on him less. Blaze, you are one hundred percent correct because he does have effort. Right. He does care. He does. You know, it's not like he's a player out there who's just kind of lack lackadaisically running around and missing on switches and then shooting shitty shots. You mm-hmm. know, he's he's somebody who definitely has the hustle and has the care. It's just that he can't hit the shots. And that's the number one reason you brought him in. You didn't bring him in to back up Devin Booker and play great defense. You brought him in to you know, do what Doug McDermott did tonight. When I'm watching Doug McDermott coming off the bench and hit six threes, I'm like, God, why can't Landry do this consistently? Right.
1: Yeah, and definitely we don't want to shit on anybody. We probably shit on his mouth, but we'll probably move it down to the chest. So we'll just start shit on his chest if he shoots better.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then I mean eventually we'll just go to urine. I mean, that's just kind of the way that it goes. So it's it's steps. It's definitely steps. Uh next up for the Phoenix Suns, a big one as the Brooklyn Nets come to town on Tuesday. Uh, it'll be interesting because I don't know who the hell's going to be playing. We know that Kevin Durant won't be playing. Uh, we know Kyrie, Kyrie Irving should be playing. James Harden's yeah. kind of day-to-day right now with <laughs> stupid injuries. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think of this game, man? Are you excited to see another team come into uh, Talking Stick Resort Arena, America <laughs> West Bank 1, Chase Field, Footprint Center, wearing uh, black and gray? <laughs> Um, no, I'm not I'm excited for this one because I think it's very winnable
1: for the Suns. But it's just disappointing to see these teams come in with just injuries and just not their superstars, right? It's such a weird year and it sucks mm-hmm. because you want to see them at full strength. Uh the whole Kyrie thing, he wasn't playing, now he's playing, now he's like their only guy really playing because James Harden might be traded. Now there's a the trade rumors with him, there's trade rumors of Kyrie Irving. Like, so this whole team might be just totally different after the trade deadline, and it probably is going to be because the two of those guys, obviously, they kind of work things out and they're both on their own little islands doing their own thing. They can't, I mean, Kyrie, of course, has his own thing with the with um, the vaccine, so he can't play games. So, well, it is his island a complete complete mess. On, on, on the
0: flat earth, or
1: hey, yeah, So, the flat earth thing, I just want to clear this up for Kyrie, <laughs> all right. So, the flat earth thing that he threw out there was just to tell everybody, hey, don't believe everything you see and hear, all right? He's not a flat earther, all right.
0: I know. Back him up on that this. one. We've talked about I've said this the before. same thing. Uh, yes. okay. We've talked about okay. this before where he didn't say he believes in the flat earth. He says, don't believe everything like the earth is round. But, I mean, I'll take that for what it's worth. So it'll be an interesting game, obviously. Uh, another win for the Suns, of course. But it'll be nice to see the Nets kind of come to town, see what they put together. Have Stevie Nash back in the building. You know, good, good to see you, Steve Nash.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah a little ceremony for him right
0: yeah of course we'll do a, a nice little just wave to him real quick that'll be the end of that ceremony yeah. and then we'll dump on his chest uh so we de- we definitely um you know again kudos to monty williams he'll be coaching the all-star game in cleveland i think that's so awesome uh but mm-hmm. it brings me to this segment twitter Tay. twitter takes So every now and then I'll see something on Twitter and it'll be either a good question or it'll be something ridiculous, but it's something I want to bring up. And I saw uh, at Jesse N. Friedman tweeted this out today said, so if Monty coaches the West, he has to sub Devin Booker for Andrew Wiggins after one play, right? Oh, that's not gonna happen.
1: That's <laughs> so unsuns that awesome, like it would be awesome, but you know that's
0: not the way the nope. Suns roll. But
1: um, yeah, I mean Booker should have that spot over Wiggins, even though you know it's a forward spot. <laughs> that's
0: funny, <laughs> yeah, but, though. but it's like front court and back court. It's like why don't they have three back courts and two front courts? Just and put the could've...
1: best players in the freaking game. Amen. Why? Did, why is everything so difficult with sports? It's like just make it so it makes sense. Just do it right now. Do it right before, like you have to have a committee in the offseason. No, before the votes start, just be like, well, We're gonna put the best team, best players in. What's that gonna like? Who has to figure that out? The algorithm or whatever to go into the computer to figure
0: that shit out. I don't know, but again, they, they put so much weight on that fan vote. That's why Andrew, <laughs> Wiggins. like Andrew Wayne, <laughs> should I'm be an all star. Like, I'm not saying he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be a star. Oh, yeah, he you should. Know? Yeah, he's had a really good year this year, so Absolutely. yeah, he should just be a backup. So let's talk a little football real quick. Uh, this was okay, a yeah. picture that was taken at the post game today. Uh, you see Cameron Johnson mm. who's sitting there next to Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges obviously is, is a Los Angeles Rams fan. Uh Cameron Johnson's a Cincinnati Bengals fan. So this will actually be kind of fun for the twins. They get to, you know, bet on the Super Bowl and figure out, you know, who who they <laughs> how much money they want to yeah. bet each other and whatnot. Uh, but what are your thoughts on the Bengals and the Rams playing in the Super Bowl? Just give me give me a couple minutes on that, and then we'll get out of here.
1: I uh, I'm really happy for the Bengals. It's always been like my too. third, second favorite team, right behind the Cowboys, just because it's the Bengals. I feel bad for them, but I really think that Mahomes didn't really want to. He didn't feel like going to the Super Bowl. I feel like it was just the weird. Way, the throws he had, I know, like he can't always be Mahomes of last year, the year before, but it just seemed like the throws he was making. It was just like I don't feel like I I would rather be at home with my girl. Just hanging out. I don't want to go to the Super Bowl. I've done that. I've been there. I've won it all. I just don't feel like doing it. That's the way he looked. And, of course, he's not going to get the letdown of his teammates. But that's the way he was playing. And I'm usually these games, it would end with the Chiefs winning, right? Yes. I yes. mean, they fumble the ball. They still get it back. Yes. And then they tie the game. And then the over time, they get the ball. It's over. But well, and then the he throws that
0: won. He throws that deep pass. And you're like, oh, okay. This is where Tyreek Hill is going to catch it running yeah. for a touchdown. But it was weird because the first half, he was on fire. He couldn't mm-hmm. miss. He was like 14 to 15 in the first half and had three touchdowns and in the second half. Like it was, you know, again, you're kind of the, 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 body language guy. His body language was just that he seemed unbelievably unengaged. And, you know, mm-hmm. Scott Lacey says in the chat, he goes, uh, Mahomes ran around like Kyler at the end of the game. He did, but it's just like, you can't tell me that that Bengals defense was so dominating that they forced him. And like, I get it. Like they were attacking him and making him run out of the pocket. But they always have Tyreek Hill just running across her or somebody running across her and he hits him for three yards and it turns into fifty. And like they didn't run any of those plays all of a sudden at the end. I don't understand why. I don't. And then of, of course the Rams are playing the 49ers. Uh that's hard for me. I hate both teams. You know, I'm just, I'm a Cardinals <laughs> yeah. fan. Like it's uh-huh. NFC, it's two NFC West teams. I saw something today. It's like since the year 2013, the NFC West has represented the NFC conference six times in the Super Bowl. The Rams have now done it twice. The Niners have done it twice, and the Seahawks have done it twice. The Cardinals have done it none. So yay mm-hmm. to be the Cardinals! Yay to be the, the fan <laughs> of the shittiest team in the best division. uh But it's like I, I couldn't sit there and watch that game and go yes, way to go. You know, like whereas with the Bengals, I'm root for the Bengals because I'm just kind of tired of the Chiefs. I'm tired mm-hmm. of all the you know the the which is which isn't a good reason. It's good football, mm-hmm. but. I don't the know. So
1: kind of weird. The colors and stuff doesn't look like of course the Bengals, like if they had a better look, it would be a lot better. But that's the one thing is their look sucks, their uniforms suck. Um, but really quick though, Mahomes, I feel like he had Kelsey in the end zone too, like the undercut mm-hmm. every time, every time this happens, Kelsey is just wide open right at the right yeah, at the, I know. He's like, in the beginning of the end zone. And he's like wide open, and then he had Harman too on the little flat route. He didn't hit him. It's like, and he held onto the ball. Yeah. I'm he like, just would what? hold on
0: to it extra. It's like, he was I didn't, looking for, it was very he weird. wanted to throw it like left-handed with his eyes closed or something to, to make the yeah. ultimate high line. and just didn't present itself. Who were you going for in the Niners and the Rams game? Oh, I didn't care. I didn't watch the whole game. I watched, um, just like the last half. Yeah. Well, it was a good half to watch. It was a good game. I and mean, both of them were good games. So we, we, we got yeah. good football the last two weeks. Uh, then the next two weeks we will get no football. Um, let me see here. Did so, I bet you the Suns play on fucking Super Bowl Sunday? No, no they, they don't. don't. No teams. Okay. No teams play on Super Bowl. Good, Sunday. good, and they good for the-
1: Mikael. He's had to play through every Rams game. I feel. I like, know, right?
0: It's oh, poor, dude. Yeah, it's like every time they have a playoff game, there's a Suns game. So at least he gets yeah. to uh, enjoy it. Who do you? want to win the Super Bowl and who will win the Super Bowl because they're not always the same oh, thing.
1: oh that's close uh well I mean I want the Bengals to win okay me too I just
0: I don't know man I think
1: they'll win right it's been they, they're not supposed to beat the Chiefs they weren't supposed to win that no, game so no. they should win the Super Bowl now they have they to should,
0: they shouldn't beat the Titans you know the Raiders they shouldn't beat them you know I just mm-hmm. uh big dick burrow yeah it's like big dick booker same kind of attitude, man. He's just like, I don't give a fuck, and yeah. I'm going for that. You know, I think that Sean McVay kind of got lucky today. He had two horrible challenges, didn't play the game right. It's just Jimmy G reminded everyone that he's Jimmy G. Uh, you're gonna have two quarterbacks wearing Dicks. number nine going against each other, and I, I, I like Big Dick Burrow in this one. So
1: yeah, and Stafford too. It would be nice to see him win, just because.
0: No, never. Ooh, gross. Yeah, I, okay. I, I I don't have no cares for them, <laughs> that Stafford or the Rams, man. I'm 100% going against the Rams, which means they will win because every team that I like always loses. So anything else before we get out of here today, Matthew? <laughs> I think I'm good, man. It's been a fun Sunday. It has been indeed. So it's been fun hanging out with all the Jamsters here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. We appreciate it. Make sure you smash that thumbs up button down below. Make sure if you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're on... Spotify, you can give us a five-star click. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, you give us five stars plus a review. We'll read it right here on the podcast. We'll see you Tuesday. Until then, you can follow the show at Suns Jam. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew.
1: Mm, Matthew Lizzie.
0: All right, that's it. Take All a right. shit on your chest.
1: Yeah. Go <laughs> <Cool>. on. <laughs>